Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Motormouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. In this episode, we chat to Bobby Thompson, a 22-year-old British touring car racer and Motormouth ambassador. We've been trying ages to find a time to get Bobby uh, and he was certainly worth the wait. Frank, realistic and pretty chilled, revealing all about his career to date, the ups and downs. He also revealed how boxing could have been an alternative for him, plus his sheer determination not to get a real job could have led him to the Love Island Villa, I know. Uh, we hope you enjoy, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Just search for the Motormouth podcast on your favourite podcast platform, where you can also leave us a review. Uh, and also download the Motormouth app, which is available now. You can view live race times, exclusive video content from MMTV, uh, create your own social profile, and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. So here we are, podcast episode five, and this week we're joined by Bobby Thompson. So um, Bobby, who is born and raised in Hornchurch in Essex, is driving in the British Touring Car Championship this year in the number 19 car for Team Hard. Um, he's come up through their Young Driver program. I think that's right, fair to say, isn't yeah, it, Bobby? Yeah. Um, 2017 VW Cup champion with six wins and two second place finishes, um, various lap records at the famous Spa Francorchamps in Belgium, numerous UK track records. In 2012, he was identified by the MSA, that's the Motorsports Association, as being a rising star and has competed in the Advanced Apprenticeship in Sporting Excellence. Check you out. Um, Welcome, Bobby. Thank you very much. We've, uh, we've got the crowd in uh, for this podcast episode. They're going mad. A, didn't realise we had such a big crowd I here. I know. Yeah. I got, okay, settle down, please, at the back. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> um, we're over, a bit overexcited. We've got our new podcast kit in today. Yeah, you so. are actually the first person. Uh, this is our fifth podcast now. Um, so we've done Callan O'Keefe, Calvin Fletcher, uh, Perry McCarthy. You are the first person that gets the full works for this podcast. I'm very nervous. Yeah, so we've invested <laughs> We've invested a lot into you for this. There's so, a lot of uh, sounds on there. I'm yeah. not too sure what we're going to come out. 
I think there's a few more that's going to come later on. <laughs> Harry's like a kid at Christmas. Honestly, yeah. it's so much fun. Leave the buttons. <laughs> um, so, Bobby, welcome. Um, it's great to have you with us. Um, we obviously have met a couple of times now. We saw you at Goodwood recently when we were down there messing around. Um, and uh, and we're lucky enough to have our logo on your car. We've uh, twice, in actual fact. Yes, what, yeah, one, yeah. And what? on the helmet. And on the helmet, and yeah, the helmet, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So check it out, all you BTCC fans. We're on, a, we're on Bobby's car. Um, before we kick off, um, if you do want to follow Bobby on any of his socials, you can do so on his Facebook, Bobby Thompson Motorsport, Twitter, BT Motorsport, or on Insta, underscore Bobby T, underscore. Um, so Bobby, let's go right back to the beginning. Yeah. Um, Essex born and bred. Woo! I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. No, yeah, there's two of us around this eyes. table, okay, so yeah. uh, we're two all against good. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm from Surrey, darling. Oh, okay. oh, right, the right, other side of the M25, yeah. the posh neighbour, <laughs> the dark side. So take us back to how this all began. You were born in Essex. What happened then? <laughs> hmm, where do we start? Um, day one. What was day that one. Like? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Dad was racing. Yeah, it was all fun. I liked racing as a young kid. I don't remember actually really, really wanting to do it. I think it's something I just fell into as dad got me a car. So dad was doing a Euro car, which was similar to BTCC back in the day. And he was awful. Absolutely <laughs> awful. And uh, probably the worst driver I've ever seen. And I'm allowed to say that because he's my dad. Does he um, admit that? Uh, or is he like, I'm the best driver that he, there's he's ever been? Still, well, every year it's gone on, he's got better, of course. Um, but yeah, he's real bad. And uh, but my uncle, who raced against, was real good. So you know, he was learning off of him all the time. And then had me. I started karting, and then he was racing on the same weekends as I was, and just thinking more about me. Yeah. Uh, so that's when he thought it was time to hang the overs up and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. So he's living his dream through you. Yeah, he's doing 100%. the typical dad thing. Hundred percent. Are you are you an only child? Or yeah. I yeah. say, so, yeah, it is all on you then, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Spoiled brat. <laughs> So when did you first start competing? Uh, you went into karts um, as the usual route for racing drivers. Yeah. When did that all uh, come about? Um, like I say, eight years old. Um, just started with club stuff, really. Uh, the local tracks, Bayford, Buckmore Park and Lid. don't even know if some of those are still running nowadays. Uh, and then, like I say, it got more serious entering the British Championship. Um, school took a bit more of a back step back foot I should say and yeah that was real serious she was out every week testing every week racing every week and I think a couple of years we don't done 48 weekends of a year so wow absolutely flat out was your dad the guy repairing the cart doing all the bits and pieces there because it's an expensive old business karting yeah. isn't it so how were you funding all this and, and who was organizing it all for you we were lucky I was involved with a guy called Gary Ruff at Vital Motorsport who still runs a race team Vital Motorsport now and he looked after me took me under his wing and helped me out massively to be honest without him I wouldn't have made it through to cars because it was so expensive to do karting uh, so yeah he helped pay for a lot of the stuff and um, find found ways to keep going racing with new karts to compete with the quicker boys yeah amazing now, it's an expensive game I think a lot of people don't know who probably aren't that familiar with motorsport but it, it can cost upwards of 100 grand can't it for a, a season in karting yeah yeah easily some of the uh, some of the guys doing it properly are uh, spending way in the hundreds of thousands which is ridiculous really isn't it for, uh, in terms of when you go into car racing next no one really cares in a way what you've done back then as long as you learnt your race craft first my opinion as long as you learnt your race craft and had fun with your family I don't think you need to spend all that money do you, do you think 
But why? Why is it? Why is it so, so expensive? Is it because there's demand there, so they can just hike up the prices for a card? Or you know, surely if there's enough, you all think like that. Then surely you can just—I don't know. It just seems—it just seems like a flawed process to start a career with. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There is some dads and lads that have got a bit of sense and say, "No, we won't spend all that. We we'll just do club racing." And a lot of them, some of them, are in touring cars now. You know, they didn't do all the big stuff in karting. Um, but then there's guys that still they're my age now that haven't been able to or didn't want to move up because they're so what's the word I'm looking for so into putting money into karting trying to trying to beat what yeah. they've done the weekend mm. before yeah okay and with karting some of our guests or one of our guests um Kelvin who who yeah. you, you may know um he missed the whole karting piece because obviously he was busy acting in Emmerdale <laughs> how much do you think that will affect someone's um, ability to drive a race car if they haven't done the karting piece when they're younger? Um, don't get me wrong, there's still some guys and still racing at a very high level that um, didn't do karting, jumped straight in uh, into cars and done club level car racing and learnt it very quick. Uh, but I think doing karting gives you that base groundworks to have race car, car control, car control, uh, race craft and another thing is how the whole weekend is run you know uh, yeah knowing that you've got to be as a kid knowing that you've got to be on the grid at this time little things like that that I've always had in my head being on time maybe not so much anymore <laughs> um, but uh, being on bang on time from all to be on the grid all the way up into my racing now yeah yeah no that's cool and then after karting tell us about what happened what's your progression right up to present day when you got into British touring cars um, uh, my dad bought me a Fiesta to do junior Fiesta racing. Well, that was my first car, a Ford Fiesta. ST? Yeah, you yeah. could fit in one of those then. <laughs> it was just about, but I couldn't couldn't go racing in it though. Yeah, no, real cool cars, real yeah. cool cars. Uh, we only done a couple of rounds, and we done the Henry Surtees karting yeah. uh, charity race, mm. and uh, we done really well. And I managed to get a um, a free test in a F4 car. Well, now F4 is EcoBoost Ford back then. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we've done really well, managed to come to a deal and managed to do half a year racing that. So the Fiesta sort of stayed in the garage. and Oh, single-seaters? Yeah. I was going to ask about this. So you, you haven't just done the tin tops. No. You've, you've done, had, had a crack at yeah. the single-seaters as no, well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it was not a bit of me. I like being able to rub doors and yeah. not drive into people. But yeah. Rub doors. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the single-seaters is fun. Uh, I knew I'd never make any further than that you know F3 and all that I just can't afford it and yeah. for me to for sponsors to sell the whole package it's hard to sell in a single seat a lot of those guys come from rich backgrounds so mm. uh, yeah I've got the Fiesta back out and done a couple of rounds and then um, was really looking at VW Cup and that's when I first made that transition from getting rid of the Fiesta to going to VW Cup and is that when you first came into contact with Team Hard yeah yeah I think um if I remember rightly, I think we was so going to meetings and uh, VW Cup meetings and just looking around it, I think Tony see us and uh, caught us quite early doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how did things progress with them? Because you went through their Young Driver programme. Um, they obviously see something in you. They brought you through from the VW Cup into touring cars. What was that process like and how was it for you and your, your dad when that call came to say, right, we're going to push you into the British Touring Car Championship? Well, it was when we won VW Cup in 2017, it actually happened then. We, there was a seat of, available um, for the last round in 2017, and we called all our sponsors, look, we need this money together to, you know, to get in there and do the last round. It was literally 
10 minute phone call was just about to happen and uh, the driver that the seat we was meant to be taking found last bit of money and fair enough finished the rest of his year so we thought you know what we'll take a step back and we're going to hit it properly in 2018 what, when um, going up through the, the ranks of the junior programme, did you, because you seem already quite like, a, you know, you seem very realistic about your career, yeah. uh, especially in the world of racing, it's probably quite, it's quite hard, it's quite easy to get quite hyperinflated within yourself. Yeah. But did you think the result would be a, British, a seat with them in British touring cars? Or, or were you just going along for the ride and seeing how far you could take it? A little bit going for the ride. It's yeah. always been my dream. You know, even from a kid, I never wanted to go F1 ever. Really? Uh, yeah, it amazes me how the guys do go and do it because I think it's such a big jump from anything. Um, especially after just going to watch it last weekend, you know, the cars are you know, yeah. ridiculous. Um, but, uh, you know, I was always looked up to it massively, touring cars. And now you're here, I think you take it a little bit for granted, especially now my second year in it. Because it's, cause it's, a, you know, it's a top tier series, let's not forget that as well. Yeah. So getting that must have been, when you finally got that seat, mm. it must have been... You, dream country pinch yourself kind of moment yeah it was yeah it really was um media day last year was a bit crazy you yeah because you're with guys you've looked up with for years and years and years uh after the first year obviously you're nervous not so much nervous to race but nervous uh to be a part of it all the whole weekend um and then you, i took out to keep telling myself i was meant to be here no matter which way i got here through what money or sponsorship or what championship you're meant to be there so uh and that's what I've carried through to this year. Brilliant. And how are things going, British Touring Cars? Obviously, it's been it's been challenging. You, you've had a, a tricky season at points. How are things going? What are the ambitions for the future? Uh, we had a good start of the year. Round one was where I think we should sort of be. You know, I'm not expecting to win races. Not with the the team we've got and the cars we've got. What, considering what we're up against, um, but that's you know tenth round about there. That's where I'd like to be. And. Um, after that first round, we really struggled to get back to where it was, you know, rounds two, three, four, five, you know, 15th was, cool. we're doing well, which is not ideal. But after the tyre test the last two days, which I didn't manage to do, but I still turned up, we found something real good. And my teammate Jack Goff is top five in the uh, practice sheets for the day. So, uh, you know, we think we've found something for the rest of the year. How, um, when, you, when you have a bit of a, a tricky season, a tricky moment, how is it? How do you manage that sort of mentally within yourself? Is it quite tough? Because it's because it's so easy to get quite down on yourself and have it all quite inwards and and you know be quite you know depressed about it and that kind of thing. How do you find that you know way to keep going forward and and not just you know blame yourself or blame things around you? How do you get into that mentality of seeking out those uh, those ways to solve the problems? Sometimes I don't until. Yeah. You know, I, I really take it on myself and have the raving ump, and especially if it is my fault. You know, if you've made a complete cock up, grumpy yeah, Bobby yeah, comes grumpy. out. <laughs> no one talked to me the whole way. <laughs> it's not until, on. Yeah, yeah, it's not until I get home sometimes uh, after a race where you can have a strong half think about it, and mm. you tell yourself sometimes it's not. You know, it's not you. You've proven it before. You know, if you made a mistake, fair enough. You got to take it on the chin and mm. be a team player. You know. It's, Say, hand, hold your hands up to the boys and say, you know, it's my fault, whatever you've done. But uh, yeah, sometimes you, yeah, there's no way around it, you know. But uh, I think it's important, big thing for me, it's important just to keep telling myself it's not me sometimes, um, you know. But uh, 
It is difficult, you're right. Mm. How do you get yourself out of that funk? When, you, when you've had a really bad day at the office and you're just feeling pissed off and you're, <laughs> the whole, you hate the whole world, yeah. how do you pull yourself out of that? Is that something with your dad or you know, do you go and do some other hobby that you enjoy or watch a bit of racing on telly? What brings you out of that mood? Getting away from the track. Yeah. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I stay at the circuit on race weekends, most race weekends, but I really... Uh, don't like it. I like getting away. Yeah. What I've, do you What do you do to get yourself away from from the world? Well, the roads. Do you, do you go on holidays, loads, or do you? Yeah. Do you, do you, well, do you have try, any other try kind of interests. Yeah. Get away <laughs> on the weekends with my pals. You know, mm. not involved in racing. Yeah. So uh, trouble is, even my best best friend races. So uh, <laughs> who's that? Who, who's your best he racing pal? Racing. Right. Yeah, Pat Kiley. So he races a uh, two liter hot rods. Okay. So it's cool wow. to go and see a different sort of yeah, racing. Yeah, completely different. Yeah, it's real grassroots. You know. They, I was, went, went with him last night. They're fixing the car on the floor. He's rolling around the floor in his overalls. <laughs> yeah. I'm there with a beer thinking, no, I could not Absolutely. Do that. <laughs> no, it doesn't interest no, you. Not, no, no, no. I'll watch you. <laughs> well, there'll be some different um, track action um, next weekend because we're going on a stag do together. Oh, yes. Oh, are you? So, uh, yeah. th- this is how we know each other. So there's, there's a guy called Darren Andrew. Yes. Hat tip, Darren. Yeah. He's getting married. Congratulations. To, yeah, and uh, Bobby and I are going on his stag do. So Darren does sp- uh, sponsorship bits and pieces with Bobby. Yeah. And um, and that's how we met. And, and yeah, we're going to uh, uh, Melton Mowbray. Yeah. Some kart track around there. Yeah. Have you done it before that place? Never. No, Never. first time for me as well. I'm useless <laughs> no at karting. Excuses. No, I'm famously <laughs> terrible. Like really, really bad. But, but your brother-in-law oh, is very good, isn't update he? Update on the brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. So, sorry. Oh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> So he, he, my brother-in-law, Adam, um, he, um, he's a good carter, but really good. Like when we go karting, he destroys us. So um, I've been bigging him up loads and saying, come on, we need to get you in a race seat here. We need to get, you know, let's talk to Bobby. Let's get you a test with Team Hard. <laughs> yeah. So he got himself in a, in a quite serious endurance race, karting endurance race at, um, I think it was Butmore or, or one of those, um, oh, maybe Daytona, Milton Keynes. Yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah, big one. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. At 10 hours overnight. And um, he oh. was, there. Were, to be fair, there was only three of them in the team. And uh, the rest of the teams had six, seven, eight people in their team. So the three of them did a 10-hour um, race and they were knackered. And Adam was probably the, well, was the quickest out of his team. But they came, I think, 24th or 23rd. And it uh, shattered my dreams uh, of making him a professional uh, racing driver. Uh, <laughs> Good work on the sound. That felt appropriate. <laughs> but he's a top-quality carter. But I think he was with a bad team. But it did slightly shatter my illusions. Sorry, Adam. Oh, dear. Well, he would have been doing two-hour stints in a car. Yeah, brutal. That'll hurt. Yeah, I spoke to him in the morning. He was a broken man. Yeah, you know he he was done. He he was he was a puddle of a human being. (laughs) Do you still do any karting as a form of sort of either fun or like just training or keeping you keeping Mm. an ear in it or is it kind of you've done that now you just don't Uh, stick to the actual charity events? Yeah, a lot. I'm doing at the moment one a week. Oh wow! Uh, For my sponsor, little plug here, GKR scaffolding. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot for him. Uh, Yeah, we do about one a week at the moment. Um, But uh, I wouldn't mind getting back in a. A proper car, you know, like the ones that, yeah. you know, like a mm. British Championship level car. Yeah. Because um, it just amazed me. I don't know how I used to do it. No. Because no. I have a go in these charity carts and I come out all bruised ribs. Oh, it hurts. Out of breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you started karting at seven, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I got my first car at seven, proper racing. So is that um, Bambino or is that the next one up? Cadet, yeah. Cadets. Honda Cadet. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we've just, my four year old, we've just started watching YouTube videos oh. of the Bambino carts. 
and his little get five, ready to fork six, out all the money i know yeah. yeah the wife isn't happy about <laughs> yeah. it but he loves it he sits there going i want to watch the karting on youtube he loves it those bambinos can shift yeah you should uh, show him some videos of swimming instead it's yeah. a, lot <laughs> a little bit cheaper <laughs> Yeah. Um, so going back to uh, British Touring Car, it's obviously got a little break now. When's, when's the next race? Fourth of August. Well, so, so what what happens in the, in the time in the interim period? Are you allowed to work? On, are you allowed to do any development with the car in this time off, or is it um, kind of just your your time off from everything now? In terms of me, I like Sam's coaching a lot yep. of other junior genetic drivers and yep. doing, pushing that side of stuff. Uh, the boys back at the team will be. Uh, flat out working yeah I think they it's not like an FY where it's a summer break and they're not allowed to touch no, the, no, no, yeah. no. so I think they're going to work on a few different cooling packages yep. um, and a few little things with Swindon the uh, engine guys um, so yeah there's some stuff we want to work yeah. behind the scenes uh, we've got to make this second half season a lot lot better so yeah. ambitions I suppose short and long term what, 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 what are they ambitions for the rest of the season and then maybe overall career wise what are they um, rest of the season try and Let's get in that top 10 and stay there. You know, I want to be, if I'm not there, at least fighting for it. Mm. So, you know, at the moment, I feel like I'm just looking at the back of that pack. But uh, I think we went a complete wrong way in terms of set up at the start of the year. But uh, in terms of uh, uh, long goal, stay in touring car. I don't want to be anywhere else. Unless a, a nice deal come up in terms of GTs or even single-seaters, but I'm a bit, I think, a bit big now for that. People do tend to stick around in um, British touring cars, though, don't they? I mean, you know, Plato, people mm. like that, they've been around forever. Um, yeah. You know, legends when I was growing up, and they're still going. Yeah, it's it, a perfect weekend. Does the idea of it being, obviously, all the races are in the UK, is that also a, a kind of plus, really? Yeah, I think in terms of sponsors as well, it's hard to go to a sponsor unless they're internationally known. You know, we got, for example, my... GKR sponsor they they don't do any business outside the UK so mm. you can't really go yeah. and do well with yeah. touring car or TCR in Europe mm. you know they've just got no benefit for them yeah yeah so what what causes this disparity then between you and the pack that you're chasing is it a setup issue uh, you know what what creates or what's going to close that gap we went the wrong way in terms of damping so dampers on the car we mm -hmm. went the complete wrong way which we thought worked felt that worked and we was chasing something that wasn't there yeah um and up until a couple of days ago i was sitting here thinking where is it i literally and to my engineer just talking on the phone every day thinking where is this little golden setup and it seems like the boys have found it and is it is there is money involved here like do the, do the top teams a bit like f1 carry a bigger budget therefore can do more development is does that have a bearing yeah they'll have they'll go testing and have 10 different sets of dampers ready waiting so as the car comes in car up on jacks god knows how long it takes but those dampers off next one's on out yeah where it takes us we've got only a few sets of dampers and longer to try these you know different components is mid-season testing allowed yeah, I think we can, we can go to every circuit we've already been to on the, the calendar. So we could go to right. Donington. That's a oh, good place really? to test now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, for example, we can't go Knockhill. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Team Hard. It's an independent team. Yeah. So who who's funding this? Is it all sponsor-funded or is there is there other money within the, the team ownership? So the team will have their sponsors um, and uh, drivers bring their own budget with their sponsors yeah but even the you know the guys that sponsor the team i still see them as my sponsors because it's all going in the same big pot to pay for the motorsport and i think that's how every team does it yeah you know um they're still 
without them, you know, the team sponsors, I wouldn't be racing. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm keen to get your views on Formula One. Harry and I were talking a good bit about the state of Formula One and went on a rambling effort about what yeah, we, we think really managed people to can do to, for, to improve it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kept going for about six whole minutes. Yeah, talking no, it about. Didn't make, not all of it made the cut, uh, no. the, <laughs> the final edit. But yeah, we managed to keep going for a little while. Yeah. Um, so what, what's your thoughts on the state of Formula One now? I don't know whether you've seen the new regulations which they've just released, mm. um, ground effect and all those bits and pieces. So what do you think about Formula One? What's your view on it? It's a shame because what it could be is incredible. And what's hard being a racing driver that doesn't race in F1 is to the general, general public that doesn't get motorsport, uh, they think just motorsport is only F1, don't realise there's another big world out there of racing, is they see that, think it's boring, and think that's it, the whole motorsport's boring. Yeah. Mm. You know? The amount of people I've spoke to come along and watch touring cars, and all that racing stuff's boring. No, F1's no. boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, touring uh, cars is mental. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's a shame. Um, I think it's hard because there's so much money being put into F1, so, you know, it's hard to steer... You know, the, say for example, the Ferrari boys—they're they, spending so much more than the blokes at the back. Uh, it's hard to get them to stop spending that amount of yeah. money, so I, everyone's equal. I tell you what, though, the last couple of weeks has been awesome. You got Silverstone Grand Prix, which is pretty cool. The race was pretty good. You got Rich Energy chucking grenades everywhere. I'm loving that. Oh my god! I think it's what, what F1 happened? needs. I don't understand it too much. Basically, from what I understand, their CEO, I can't remember his name. Um, story. Have to Google it. The bearded chap. Something yeah. Story, I think yeah, his name is. Yeah, yeah, him. So he's this sort of rogue CEO and he put out a tweet without any authorization from the board or whatever over the Grand Prix weekend or just before, maybe the Thursday or the Friday, saying um, something along the lines of... Um, as of, we're immediately terminating our partnership um, with uh, with Haas um, down to poor performance. He talks about the the politics and the PC attitude of Formula One generally, and uh, and just chucked this out there, and it went it went nuts. It had something like three and a half, four thousand replies pretty quickly, mm. um, and um, he wanted all the logos immediately off the car and all the team collateral, which they didn't do. All, all the stuff is still there, and they're yeah. trying to rectify it. It's like what's going on? But what a cool thing for us to have as as uh, viewers, uh, yeah. Um, to, to see that the PC sponsor go, going rogue, yeah, really. Yeah. And apparently everyone else, there's only the CEO who doesn't want, that. well, that's the rumour mill, how it yeah. appears online. It's only the CEO, that, the CEO that's the problem. All the other shareholders are don't, don't are like happy to stay on board and yeah. that kind of thing. So now they've ousted him or something yeah. like that, or he's set to setting up a whole new company. It's a lot of drama. He's yeah. even posted tweets of contracts and letters and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's mad. How can you do that? I did I see know. a Crazy. Instagram post from, I think it was Rich Energy Netherlands, yeah. and saying they disagree with what the UK are. Oh, yeah. It's so, yeah. a bit I, of a mess. But it's all weird, because have you ever drunk a Rich Energy drink? Or have you ever seen one? I've never. Not, you don't even see them no. like your local Sainsbury's. You no, don't no. see them in the, uh, in the drinks aisle. You can tell he's posh. He's shops in Sainsbury's. So, yeah. Oh, what? So, sorry. Uh, Al- Aldi and co-op over yeah. here. Uh, to be fair, co-op. Got an NUS card. Yeah. It's all good. Get 10% off. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Oh. I know they're involved with a good friend of mine, Toby Sowery. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he races over in the States. Oh, yeah, he's in the States now. Maybe they're yeah. bigger in America. Maybe. Yeah. But, well, they claim they're, they're better than Red Bull and they're basically... A Red Bull mm. copy, I don't know who's But that's so, but that the whole I suppose overarching point is that that you know little things like that make Formula One so much more entertaining oh, overall God, because yeah. everyone's getting involved on social media. Everyone's seeing this and going, "Oh my God, what's going on in Formula One? It's amazing!" This team, who's kind of a midfield team, the first American team, they're having all these crazy things going on with their sponsor. That added to a pretty good race at Silverstone, a pretty good race in Austria as well. Um, 
makes that makes it you know we we, we, we always complain about Formula One I always say this we always complain about it um, but they provide us with um, pretty good rate they provide us with really good races when uh, but not not frequently enough so how it, we just you know is this like the new ground effects thing and, and making changes like that that must be a good a good thing overall for not just Formula One but to encourage people to enjoy motorsport more yeah definitely I think it makes it a little bit more exciting doesn't it um, after watching how they got on at Silverstone they really struggled Haas eh? yeah they really struggled they, so they've I had don't a know how they've taken it <laughs> yeah they need to get rid of Grosjean yeah <laughs> he yeah. loves a crash he, he loves a crash <laughs> in a pit lane and yeah. mm-hmm. um, just uh, going so talk, going back to you once for a second Bobby because you are here I suppose uh, <laughs> talk about uh, it's uncertain times for, for Haas I suppose yeah. have you and are you always thinking about you know what do you have a backup plan when you, when it comes to sorting things out in your career have, what, what's been sort of your most uncertain time so far in your career uh, I lost a sponsor of mine back in 2017, actually. So I just made VW Cup, done yeah. really well in our first year, um, and lost. No, it was, no, it was 2016. Uh, okay. Yeah, how long have I been doing VW Cup? That makes me feel old. <laughs> You're 22, aren't you? Yeah. I was shocked when you when I found out you were 22. <laughs> You're really? 22. As I'm 22. Yeah. But I thought you were so much older, not Thank in a bad you. way, but I just thought you just came across so much older. Thank you. I feel like I the, good the dad of the group. I mean, you you are a little bit. <laughs> I'm 38. Oh my wow. god! Don't say that. No. It's <sighs> depressing. You need a showbiz age. Yeah. Now. yeah. Okay, I'm 22. Yeah. There you That's go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so 2016, I lost a sponsor, and actually I pursued boxing. No, yeah. really? Yeah, I didn't. I was actually quite against motorsport. I think it was a little bit more. It wasn't good to me, so I don't care. Want a bit of an arrogant? I don't want to do it anymore. I'm crossing my fingers because I want to come back to the boxing. So yeah, carry on. Okay, <laughs> um, and I tried to go completely different. I was, I tried to sign up to some TV stuff. I wanted to go completely. I don't want to get a proper job yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's do it properly. What, what kind of TV stuff? I'm not telling you. Was it, <laughs> like, was it stuff like, I'm imagining like The Chase? Or no, like, no, 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 no. Like Love to do Island. Love Island. Love Island. <laughs> You'd be great on Love Island. It's <laughs> oh. a, a classic Essex. Yeah, yeah it's an Essex it. move. That is, yeah. I don't want to. Who wants a proper job? I, you know? I'm fully for it. Yeah, exactly. definitely. If you can get on it. You've it. got a missus now though, haven't you? I have. I've got a missus. Okay. So, She's not You've got no plans to, to be on Love Island, not right? Just to uh, <laughs> get you out of trouble here. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Out of the doghouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was talking to this guy, uh, Palmer Sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah yeah, while, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Over at Palmer Sport, and uh, I was telling him how much I was against racing and yeah. you know, sort of talking about motorsport. And that later that day, adds me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Within two days, he's sponsored me and he's still sponsoring me today. Amazing. And he literally, uh, I got involved with. Uh, there's a dog nearby. I could hear a dog barking. <laughs> uh, later, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was talking to Tony Gillam. I needed a cheap drive and very last minute and in we go and win the championship. So it was really switch around. Of, I hate motorsports. I actually yeah. like it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What were you doing at Palmer Sport? Working there or was it? Yeah, yeah. just as an instructor. Yeah. Loads of guys seem to do that. That's what it's, a, it's a common trend for Callan. young... Callan does it as he well. It's there, a common yeah. trend for young racing drivers, isn't it? Yeah, you think... A lot of us, we can't get a proper job because you can't have holiday days off. We're away racing all the time and testing. You know, I may be called up today. I've got a test booked for Friday, you know, or whatever. So uh, it's real last minute stuff. So you can't have a job where, you know, that uncertainty. So, uh, yeah, I worked at Palmsport for a while and it sort of got me into the way of being able to 
got me better in car because you're in a race car every day and then uh got me coaching other race drivers and that's what i'm mainly doing now coaching mm. other other race drivers but i still go and do the odd day now and then yeah there. yeah i love it there it's amazing it's a good laugh yeah do you when you're coaching do you impart is your sort of advice and coaching mainly just to what you're seeing on the track or do you ever feel like you can give career advice as well at the same time like what do you what do you wish you'd known at the start of your career that maybe you could then impart to these young young guys uh, being more mature at a young age. No. I that's what I hurt really? massively. Yeah, I remember racing with Callan O'Keefe, actually. Oh, yeah. And he was quite mature at, you know, only at like 15, 14, where I was really immature. And it, it hurt my my driving with, I couldn't give the feedback that a lot of the other drivers mm. was. I don't know if that's because I'm an only child. I'm not too sure. But I was just a lot more immature in, in my motorsports. That's what I'd say back to myself. You know, okay. man up. Man, man up, grow man up, up, Bobby, yeah. for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah, Cal- Cannon's got a good head on his shoulders, yeah. actually. That very, came across yeah. when we met him. Um, very mature guy for, yeah. for his age. Um, just going back to the boxing thing. So I love boxing. Okay. I'm big into heavyweight boxing. I love it. Can't get enough of it. And yeah. it's an amazing thing at the moment with all the, you know, AJ losing, Tyson yeah. Fury, Wilder, Ruiz. Were you into the, Is this a thing of yours? Is this a bit of a passion? It's not anymore because it hurts so much. Did you used to do it then? Yeah, a little bit. I, I did a little play. Your, your head, is this boxing your head's unprotected or yeah, do you was, have some yeah. sort of, yeah, okay. In sparring I was protected, but it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a pretty face. I don't want to break it. You don't want to damage that pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Love Island yeah, didn't agree. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I would definitely go back. It's something I wish I'd done when I was like yeah. kids. It's a co- I think it's seven. a great thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd advise anyone to do it. Um, it's very tactical as well yeah. as a sport, you know. You, everyone thinks, you know, when you're up down the pub watching the big heavyweights fight, oh, hit him, hit him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> down the pub having a beer. But uh, no, it's, it's a lot harder than that. It's that. The main part is not being hit yourself is the hardest mm. bit. Yeah, because it hurts, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think um, Joshua should take the rematch with Ruiz? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. Prove uh, the doubters wrong. Exactly, yeah. I, I think that's all big 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 controversy that is it can't it, that can't have been true no way yeah well there was a lot of rumors wasn't there yeah. about you know him being knocked out in sparring That's and it. various yeah. other bits and pieces he had a panic attack you know and his dad had a big go at uh, Eddie Hearn in the ring didn't he after yeah. the, after the um, the loss it's a it's a brilliant time to be uh, a, a British boxing fan or just a boxing fan in general it's yeah. uh, it's an interesting time but anyway listen I really don't know my boxing I'm afraid no, you, the only one I know is Tommy Deary from Love Island uh. yeah <laughs> he's quite handy actually is he good I'm yeah honest. I mean, he's he's not going to have a career now with boxing. Sure, well, no, his, his career now. is now modelling and yeah. social media influence. Yeah. Yeah. But but he's that's the only kind of boxing I can relate to. I'm afraid yeah. he'll get a lot of deals. Oh, depends. He'll get a lot of sponsorship deals, boxing, films, yeah. boxing gloves, yeah. stuff, and yeah. he'll be yeah, probably like a comedy, probably a commentator or whatever yeah. as well. Yeah. I love Tommy. He's, he's quite good man. to be fair. Yeah, I can't believe he's brothers. Are they brothers? They're half brothers. Oh, okay. What him and Tyson? Yeah. yeah, I think they're half brothers. Yeah, that explains a lot. Same dad, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a much very better difficult. looking. Mm. Yeah, very difficult to believe they were related. Yeah, no. I'm a bit of a Tommy Fury fanboy, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah, like him. He's come across quite well to be. And fair. I like Molly May as well. Oh, she's a lovely girl. She's nice. Are they, nice, are they uh, a lovely young lady? Yeah. <laughs> are they your picks to win Love Island this year? Oh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked. Do you watch it? Yeah, really. Every day. Wow. Yeah, if we if we don't watch it, we've we've recorded it and we'll have a marathon catch up session. Yeah. Really, oh, I love it. There's been some weirdos this year though. Yeah, complete weirdo. Oh, yeah. it's, it's not been the best year uh, they've had. No. I think two years ago was one of the best. 
years they had with like yeah. Chris Hughes and people like that. Oh, yeah. I think that was one of the best years. Oh yeah, mm. Chris and Ken. Chris and Ken. Chris and Ken. Anyway, we digress. Sorry. Well, there you go. That's why this podcast is for everyone and anyone. Boxing and Love Island. Boxing and Love Island all make an appearance. <laughs> um, what are you what are you really rubbish at, Bobby? You're not rubbish Football. at your hair. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that yeah, dude. Nice little uh, yeah, quiff dude, going I've on. I've not yeah. had that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Showing your age. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, football. Oh, yeah. Rubbish yeah, at football. Really, bad. really? No matter, even when I tried playing loads at school, it just didn't get any better. Did you, did you go to school in Essex? Yeah. Where? Which school? Oh, uh, Emerson Park School. Oh, okay. No, Where I did you know. go? Chigwell. Oh, uh, you'd be further out. Were yeah, you? yeah. I'm, well, I say I'm further in, I suppose, because I'm nearer London, I think. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because you're further out. Yeah. You're yeah. Anyway, Essex yeah. digress. But okay, you so don't sound that Essex though. No, no. I've lost the twang. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never really had it. Like, I'm not. I mean, I was born in East London to be precise. So yeah. I'm not even East London really. But um, acting school dragged it out of you, didn't they? Yeah. Really did. You become quite posh. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, but enough about me. So you're rubbish at football. Yeah, real yeah. bad at football. Same. I can relate. Who do you support? West Ham, if I had to. Oh. I'm, not, I'm into it, and I'll watch it, and I'll go and watch watch as much as you like. But it's not. It doesn't. What, what position were you playing at school? Uh, anywhere. Anywhere. It was really. Nothing proper. I yeah. see. I was the biggest kid, so they were stuck me in goal, and I was rubbish. I could barely take a bloody goal kick. <laughs> really? It was terrible. Maybe you can cover the goal with your I body. I can cover the goal. Yeah, but I couldn't take a goal kick. I hated every minute of it. Really. One time I let in twelve goals. I subbed out for the other goalie, who then let in another eight, and I felt <laughs> way better about myself. It was. It was literally yeah. horrific. Um, okay, good football. Sorry. Shall we try the uh, the weird question that, that stumped Perry, the one to ten? Oh yeah, yeah, go on. Okay. I'm gonna. We can always edit this one out if it mm. doesn't work. So, um, on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to use the number seven. How weird are you? My girlfriend and my mum and dad would say twelve. Uh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. high. That's I'll, off I'll the say scale. Two. Myself. You don't think you're weird? Not really. No. Why do you think your mum and girlfriend think you're weird? Because I spend a lot of the time walking around the house naked. Oh. Probably. <laughs> That's an exclusive. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Indeed. There we go. I think I feel like this. Oh, no. Wrong one. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, went to try I was going to go for that one. I didn't know if it was appropriate or not. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think they'd say a strong 12. Strong 12. Dad. Yeah, they've been with me since day dot, obviously. So I've seen I, I, I can sense weirdness in there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a weird Bobby in there somewhere, yeah, don't you? Is Bobby full name or is it Robert? Robert. Bobby's not even my name. Oh, really? Yeah, Robert. So you're Robert. David. Oh, my, my middle name's David. Yeah, David William. Go. But when you're racing, is is it Bobby yeah. on on the on the TV and all that? Yeah, it's but, yeah. on TV. Yeah, I think it's only Robert at the doctors, <laughs> and they're calling me out, and I'm looking. Who's Robert? <laughs> or if you're in trouble. Yes, yeah, yeah, Robert. Roberto Tomsini is my Italian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on your just going back to your racing quickly, and your dad, it's Paul, isn't it? Your dad yeah, so is he still heavily involved? I've met him once or twice at a racetrack, but is he still come to all your races and, and get in the mix? Yeah, he's still involved. He's uh, actually him and Darren, like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. You know, absolutely flat out, non-stop, trying to find sponsors. On race weekends, dads took a bit of a back step because we clashed, and I think you see that of all drivers and their dads. Uh, we don't argue, we just bicker. We want the same thing. Yeah. We're after the same result. Um, but we just have the uh, different ways about going yeah. about it, you know? Yeah. Who yeah. was your... Did you have an idol growing up? Racing driver uh, or otherwise? Racing driver, I'd say James Hunt. Yeah. A bit of me, that is. Mm. Um, 
Motorsports lost that. Um, drivers have got a bit about them, as I'd say. A bit. So, so when you're yeah. coaching these young drivers, do they have any idols from the current generation? You know, of Formula One drivers or other world sports? Because it is hard to. I don't to know. So a couple of them. Some of the juniors. I say, I'll oh, come with me. Come over to my garages, and I don't know. Jack Goff will walk past. Yeah. Go, There's Jack. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, and they think nothing of it. Yeah. But you know, although. They're only 14, so me and Jack, who I think Jack's 27, something like that. That's, it's that, hard to... They see that as a, you know, he's been around for a long time for that. Mm. But it's, it's funny, like, would you, funny to think that perhaps people idolise Max Verstappen, but, yeah. you know, he is, what is he now, 20... God, 20? 20 21, is that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you think, wow, God, like, yeah. and he's someone's idol and what someone strives to be yeah. like, you know, rightly so, because he's done, he's had an amazing career, but, but at that age, it's just hard to comprehend. I think outside of motorsport, um, Idris Elba. Yeah. Yeah. He just does everything. Yeah. As, I, he really fascinates me. He does DJing. I think yeah. he's done a bit of racing. Has he? I, I think, think he, yeah. yeah. He's done He's been to boxing. a few races as well, doing DJ sets yeah. as well. DJ, he, acting, phenomenal mm. actor. I think that, I see him as a bit of an idol. He's just conquering absolutely everything. He, he's, he's, done, he's been on songs as well. He sings like in rap as well. Yeah, yeah he's great. It's just Elba. We need him on our little soundboard. Yeah, yeah we do. Elba on yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a very cool dude. That's yeah. not a bad idol. Type. I saw Daniel Craig at the weekend. Did you? Yeah, he was at the, at the F1. Oh, okay. I was in the paddock. Yeah, you know, yeah. as you do. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Craig came uh, strolling out of the Red Bull um, motorhome um, oh, with an entourage of people. Uh, were you, did you go to the paddock while you were there? No, I was in BRDC. Oh, three beers in. They are oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I was <laughs> working, unfortunately, uh, no beers in. Um, but that um, the Red Bull motorhome is ridiculous. It is huge. I mean, it's like a it's a big house. Yeah. It's, it's an a, energy it's, station. Isn't yeah, that it's the correct term massive. For it or, so it's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. But he was there. I saw a few a few famous faces. Yeah. Um, but the best one, and I got a selfie. I'll show you later with Philip Schofield. Oh. No way. Yeah. <gasps> And okay. I met his dad. Oh, we've got to get him. We should have get him on oh, here. Massive error. Oh, he would have been great. Oh. It's the time. He still might be in London. He's still, yeah. So get him <laughs> Wait, yeah. is this morning still on? I think it's just coming to an end. Love Philip. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that object. Because he, he is one of my idols. Philip yeah. Schofield. Oh, my God. That he did a hot incredible. lap with, uh, with Pirelli. It was amazing. Yeah. Really, wow. really cool. Yeah. And his dad um, was a lovely bloke as well. I saved his dad because he tripped and I caught him. Wow. Yeah. So we owed you one as well, They definitely owe me one. They oh need to come God. on. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll work on that one. That's for after. Um, a few questions just sort of randomly thrown at you. Um, Formula E or Formula One? Formula E. Oh, really? Hello. You're one of the first people to say that. I'll take a Formula E drive right now. Yeah, well, they they pay well, don't they? They pay well. Well, I saw Lucas Degrassi tweeted this morning that since season one, uh, the the base rate for for salaries for Formula E driver is now 10 times higher than it was in season one. Mm. So it's the highest paid most racing outside of Formula One. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's I, I can't get into it. Silly. You can't get into it. Not really. I've tried. This uh, I'm a bit behind on this season, but from what I've seen, it's like they've had nine different winners from 13 races. The title went down to the final round. The crashes they have in their own are just yeah. because they just drive over each other. <laughs> the, the cars. Yeah. That's the thing with Formula One. If you have a crash, it's very unlikely the car's going to come back from that. Whereas in Formula E, they can just get, get back going again. Yeah. It doesn't affect them, which is brilliant. It's nice I, I need to be convinced, but we, we've got Nikki Shields on here in a few weeks, mm. so um, I'm sure she'll put her case across. But I just, I don't know. It's just not floating my boat at the moment. I, I, I get it. It's just the, watching it on TV, I just struggle. 
I can watch an F1 race from start to finish. Formula E, for some reason, I'm struggling. Yeah, I think I enjoy maybe being a driver, knowing mm. what it feels like. The cars move around, they're on mm. road tyres. It may sound a bit weird and unprofessional in a way, I think, being uh, a, you know, a higher-level motorsport on road tyres. Yeah. But they, they move around, the, the guys drive into each other. The tracks are a little bit silly, aren't they? But yeah. Um, but well, they're coming to London next next year, next yeah. season, around uh, the Excel Arena. I think yeah. they're, they're going around the in around and all that. Because they so did Bassey Park. Was it Bassey Park? Yeah, yeah. Bassey yeah, Park. That was the first. first yeah. that, didn't, that didn't go down well. But if you no. see one on a proper circuit, where, you, you know, say Donington Park is so wide, they look very, very slow. But yeah, that's why, isn't it? Because they look, it looks yeah. like they they did race, they race in uh, Mexico and it, on, a, on, a, right. on a revised uh, track. But even yeah. there, because because the, the the main straight there is so wide, yeah. and even they cut it halfway. But even that's long. Those cars just don't look good on on a full out circuit, no. which is why obviously they race around these sort of man made street yeah. circuits. Yeah, and they want the audience, don't they? They they go city centres so people can walk there and it's easy and they, they'll know they fill the stands. And that's part of it because it's spreading the electric green green energy yeah. zero emission message as well by being in a city centre. Yeah, but so that's it, interesting that you would choose Formula E over Formula One. What about um, Robo Race? So we we at Goodwood we went over to see the Robo Race. No jobs there for you though. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> well, well they got, share it, don't they? Got they? The Le Mans looking thing yeah. now, the LMP. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the one we saw. Um, DevBot Two. DevBot Two is, the, uh, is so what they're calling it. What you do is you. Do your bit, get out, and yeah. then do the other two hours once you have a sleep. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, Ideal. Nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Open a couple of tinnies. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Crack on, robot. <laughs> um, I think the technology's great, but not a bit of me. Nah. It'd be good to watch them race, get a load of them, chuck them all in, watch a race once, and then after that, I think I wouldn't. A bit gimmicky. Yeah. We'll yeah. Fancy it again. It's clever tech. Yeah. I went to their factory not long ago. It's amazing what they're doing. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, and that, and like you said, when we went and saw that car at Goodwood, they mm. sort of injected some personality into it. Yeah. It's got lights on it now. They, yeah. I think they're developing some sounds for it, so which would be quite cool. So it's not just that sort of electric sound. You, yeah. You'd hear sort of like a Tron esque or like a yeah. Star Wars noise <laughs> as the car I feel like flies they could past. Go down a Robot Wars kind of route with it. <laughs> Yes. Almost get a load <gasps> together and have people spurring it on from either yeah. side. You could give them weapons. You could weaponize them. Yeah. I think we just like, found the road. I think we just made the Robo Race series happen. Yeah, yeah, give them a few cannons and some, yeah. you know, knives. We'll, we'll have to go down to Robo Race and pitch over, this to them. Yeah, yeah. We could drive over turtles. Turtle shells. <laughs> 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 turtle shell. like, yes, yeah, we don't condone running animals over on this show. Uh, you said uh, you. What was your first? What was you know? Your you. I had a Ford Fiesta as my first car. What was yeah. your first car? Uh, a Mercedes A Class. That's posh. a first. Oh, that's very smart. smart. Done very well there. Have yeah. you still? You still have driving that now? Or? No, that's gone. Yeah. But I'm with another sponsor plug here. I'm allowed to do these. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. You are. yeah. yeah go for your life. Vehicle Group. They look after me, so they give Which me a run? new car. One more time. AMT Vehicle Group. <laughs> it's like Mellow Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they do for all your vehicle needs? <laughs> um. They, any car you want, they'll get it for you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Hire and lease, anything you like. You want a car, go to them. I'd like a car. Uh, I'd like, not yeah. for free. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've given me a brand new Mercedes A-Class. Nice. Oh, yeah. so you're a Mercedes. You love a Mercedes. It. Yeah. I thought, why change? Mm. But uh, Would you look at something doing, although they're not in it now, but DTM, would you? Oh, love to. Yeah. 
Love DTM. Yeah. I'm we're, a big fan of DTM. Yeah, that was my fans. first racing series that I ever watched outside of Formula One when I first got into it. And it's I was mega. like, oh my God, because I'm a big Paul DeResta fan. I'm yeah. desperate to get him on here. But I, so I just followed him to DTM and I was a bit late to it all. But then, yeah. I, then I was like, oh my God, I'm hooked. And now yeah. I'm Mercedes left Aston Martin in it now. So I was teammates with his brother a couple of years ago, Stefan Dresden. Oh, really? Yeah. There's yeah. Orin, Harry. There you go. Yeah. Hook us up. Paul to reply to my bloody message. to Scotland. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it that's is. Alright, yeah, <laughs> I can do that. Just a big fan of him. I think he's a good driver. But what, yeah, okay. What, what do you like about DTM? I love the fact that they they can't. I mean, they, they did have an issue one season where they were. It was very much a bit like Formula One, where they would they crash into each other, and that would rule the car out. Yeah. And there is still a little bit, a little bit now. It's it's quite a fragile touring car series, I would suggest. There's a lot of bodywork, isn't there? It's yeah. Very wide. But, but they have this year got rid of that, and it doesn't have much. It doesn't have as much of an effect. Um, which I think is a great thing because they can you do get that argy bargy and also there you know there was I asked them I was on a brand new to the series so they are playing a bit of catch up at the moment but the racing is so close and you know you're not you don't know again it's a bit like Formula E you don't know who's going to win yeah. each round um, and having those big German manufacturers you know BMW and Audi finding out with you know when it was Mercedes and now Aston Martin as well which is great to have sort of a British name in there too yeah. fighting it out those massive names for, for manufacturer cars to go racing round yeah. you know round they're not just in Germany either you know they now they're now yeah. at Brands Hatch yeah um, I think I think it's one of the best series there. I think it's quite underrated actually I think Gerhard Berger who actually runs it all now he said recently he wants to go and see if they can get um, racing around Monaco Ooh. which okay. I think if they can fit around there then yeah. yes at 100% yeah. well overtaking would be tricky in those things around Monaco because they are wide aren't they mm. but the good thing is they can overtake. They can argy barge, and it's not gonna. Yeah, you know, unless they're in, going to a wall, then yeah. But they yeah. can go door to door, and it yeah. and it would be all right. But yeah, that's my spiel for DTM. Oh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and what is it about Paul Resta that you you're yeah. interested in? I think he was done over in Formula One, and I don't think he helped himself at times. But I think he was done over in Formula One. I think he's just as good as Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think he was yeah screwed oh, out of an F1 drive. Talking of talking of which, yes. But should we test Bobby? Well, yes. Yeah, so we've got a little game lined up which uh, we want to, you're the first person we're going to try out on this. So we've got three um, bits of team audio from Formula One. Okay. Uh, and we want you for a point, uh, and you're going to be at the top of the leaderboard, whatever happens. Oh, we're um, going to do a leaderboard. I think we should. This is great. So, you're, but, And you're the first one. So regardless of how well you do, you're going to be at the top. Yeah. Look, I made a square and everything on my piece of paper. You've given me one of the names. The, the name Did I give it away? Yeah, I, I think, think you gave it away already. The but, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to play one, this first. So one point for naming the driver. Mm-hmm. Another point for the situation, mm-hmm. uh, if you get that the context of, of it, and yeah. a special bonus point, yeah, for the track country. Oh, you can do track or country, okay. okay. All right, so here is uh, team message number one. We haven't get out of here, we've got a race to do. Lewis Hamilton, whilst Vettel was being hmm, maybe Vettel, mm. definitely somewhere in red. Lewis Hamilton barged someone out the way or come behind someone whilst he was doing an interview. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. That is good. Country. I'm going to just go America, USA. I don't even know. I don't actually know. <laughs> Where's my That's phone? Bad. <laughs> Hang on, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> so you get one point for Lewis Hamilton. You get another point for the context. Uh, and Tim's still looking it up. So well, you got two points for that one. Yeah. Well, that's two points overall. Uh, let's go. Let's go and move on to the second one while Tim finds out where that actually one. You can is. tell we've That's rehearsed this prep. one. Poor prep. Okay, number two. I'm hanging here like a cow. Hulkenberg when he is hanging upside down in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, same part of the world. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. 
Um, hanging upside down in a Renault. Yes. How, how for for a non-point? How did he get? How did that happen? Do you remember? Trying to hang around the outside on that silly little kink, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember it. It was, well, like, it was Grosjean as well. Of course, it was. It, it, he Who should else? have given the corner, really. Yeah, he? I remember it. He should have given. The yeah, corner. I was at that race, and um, I remember watching that because it was near the start finish line. Yeah. And um, when we were there, everyone thought he was in serious trouble. Like really? everyone was panicking. Like mouths open, head in he there, there was fire. There was well, fire. Yeah, yeah that, he was like, "Get me the uh, out of here," you know. And then yeah. the cow thing happened. I think, I think the year before, Pascal Verline had a very similar crash in his. Um, I don't know if it was a Sauber when it was with um, what were they called Manor. Yeah, uh, very similar in, in uh, uh, or maybe that's Singapore. I, I can't find the answer to that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave that. So it was USA. It was USA. All right, we'll give you we'll give you three for yeah. uh, Lewis Hamilton. So you got Nico Hulkenberg, you got the track, and you got the content. So that's another three points. So it's three points maximum for each uh, bit of team audio. Final point, uh, final uh, team audio. Even here we go. So box, 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 box. Can you say it now? No, stay. Stay up. Hey, man. I love that one. Any ideas? I remember that was this year. I'm sure that was this year. I remember watching it, but I'm, I know it's Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. All right, you get one for that. I don't know which track. No. I remember watching it because I'm thinking. Tim doesn't know either. So I'm pretty sure that was. Um, uh, I want to say that was... I don't think it was this year. I think it was last year. Was it? I think it was... Uh, Left Lewis Hamilton. I'm in and I wanted to go to the pit lane. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. The team didn't know. They were waiting for someone else to go into the pit yeah. lane. And I think it was... I either want to say it was Silverstone last year or it really? was um, somewhere where you can dive into the pits quite last minute. Who knows? Who knows? Do you not know? I, I, I didn't know we were going to score this segment. I, we, I we, should, we should have prepared properly. I've got a feeling it was the track... Real long back straight, come to a hairpin. I think it's Singapore. Real, real, real long back straight. We'll give you, we'll give you one for that one. For Lewis Hamilton. If, if afterwards we find out what it was, I'll, we'll, I'll we'll edit, top up your scores. Edit, edit magic, uh, magic yeah. editing. Um, so after that, it's out of a maximum of nine points. I think uh, you scored. Currently scored seven. seven. Seven points. So that puts you, Bobby, at the top of the leaderboard. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at that. Congratulations to you. you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, calm down, everyone. All right, good. Thank you. Uh, we like to ask uh, the same, our guests, the same three questions. Now we end on. Uh, Tim, do you want to do the honours? Okie dokie. Um, what's got you excited at the moment? Not like I'm right now, and this this is an exciting moment. But Jen, mm. it could be it could be anything motorsport orientated. It could be something about your private life. Absolutely anything. What's got you? What's got you excited? Um, what's going on in Area Fifty One at the moment? Oh, mm. I had this. My oh. dad, yeah. who is sixty one years old, didn't know what Area Fifty One was. Or <sighs> never heard of it. And I was like, I'm, where, <laughs> what planet have you been living on? Like, honestly. Have you, you do know all about this, Tim? I, I don't know about what you're about to say, okay. but I do know quite a bit about Area 51, yeah, weirdly. It's, it's suspicious amount. All right, well, we'll come to that in a minute. Mm. Just, so, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it excites me, just intrigued. What are they hiding? What's behind there? Mm. Well, what, it's What's been something there? in the news. Yeah, so basically, there's been a recent Netflix sort of documentary and people have watched it and now someone has set up, I think maybe perhaps as a joke, a Facebook um, like in, uh, event uh, whereas, which is basically encouraging people to storm Area 51 because Great they, they can't stop us all. 
Uh, but the director, I was listening to watching the news the other day, and the director basically was on the news being like, oh yeah, obviously we're all really interested, I think they should let us know what's going on there, but what a horrific idea to storm American an American military base. <laughs> like, you're not going to win against that. No, no. no, of course. But it is intriguing. What, how come you know so much about Area 51? Well, as you know, I'm an avid podcast listener, mm. and um, there's a podcast called um, Stuff You Should Know. Mm. You should download it, it's brilliant. It's got everything from this sort of stuff about you know Area 51 through to, I don't know, how does, um, how does epilepsy work, mm. or... Um, you know how, how does a uh, how does a wheel work? Why did why is it this shape? You know, it's all sorts of random and wonderful things. And they did one recently about Area Fifty One, um, and um, and talking about how it started and what it was there for. It's only recently that it's become associated with extraterrestrial stuff. Yes, because it, it yeah. on, on the on the I read this. So the CIA admitted it, it its existence in the first place it, yeah. back in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. But it is it is a military airfield airbase going way operation. back, going way back. Yeah. Like that is the years, that is the years, years ago. official term on it. Yeah, but they did stuff with you know un, uh, airplane projects, you know war warplane projects, mm. and you know stealth and all that sort of stuff came out of that area. Yeah. And Area Fifty One is just part of this huge area in the desert, um, which presumably is, is next to Area Fifty Two and Fifty Three and Fifty Four. You know, yeah. it goes on and on. But that one in particular is this, this little area within this yeah the Nevada desert. Where where they apparently house all this weird stuff. But I, I'm a firm believer that there is something weird going on there. Like just the technology, like this phone, the phone that I'm holding in my hand, that tech is ridiculous. How have we gone from Snake or my Nokia yeah. 33, whatever it was, uh, to this? Yeah. This is alien technology right here, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's all sorts of rumors that they uh, they house UFOs and they they hold, I even read somewhere that that's where they hold meetings with extraterrestrials. No. So just can you imagine just them sitting in a boardroom having yeah. a little... <laughs> Just have a chat with a green man. Exactly. But that's interesting. Um, if not racing, what would you be doing? Hmm. Boxer. Boxing, mm, yeah. yeah, would you have gone full like pelt for that? Yeah, if I'd done it earlier, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, sport-wise, definitely, I'd go that, that route. I think maybe we should have a boxing match, Harry. You mean? No, I'm. I actually, I'm very against boxing. What, uh, I think it's bad for you. Really? Bad, bad for your head. <laughs> your head. Like, why are you giving yourself you like brain damage? I don't understand why. Why you do that? My dad's a brain surgeon, so yeah. I'm just a bit like, I just don't understand why you do it. Like, it just depends how good you are, I suppose. If the worse you are, the, the, the more, more time you get your head punched. Yeah, in. I suppose we could do a white collar boxing match. I've been dying to do one of these for a long time. Yeah. I actually applied after half a bottle of wine, just like <laughs> feeling a bit cocky. And then Chloe, my wife, found out. She's like, "You're not doing that." Yeah, so I had that. to back out. But I'm really keen <laughs> to do one. So you and I, you and I could do one. I mean, you're a bit taller than me. Yeah. Um, but we're similar height-ish. I'm like six foot one, six foot two. You're you're five foot uh, five foot. You're six foot five. Yeah. So that we're both in that heavyweight category. Yes. Let's do it. How cool would that be? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to agree to anything right now, but <laughs> not when it's recorded. We should have a sparring session with Bobby. If we, oh yeah, God, I think not? you'd beat us both probably. Yeah, yeah. no, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I can see you as a boxer. Yeah. yeah. My granddad was a boxer. Was back he? in the day. Yeah. yeah. Not the same granddad that done Speedway. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah we're very multi-talented. Yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't yeah. talked about the, the Speedway um, going granddad, have we? Uh, well, what, what was all that about then, the Speedway? Did, it was two wheels... Going around the track. He was about my age back in the day. Um, he was living with his mum and dad in over in the docks, over in Canary Wharf, over yeah. that sort of area. Yeah. Um, and he had a bike, bought a bike, and was just running it himself. Uh, I think my his dad was completely against it. Like, yeah. What are you wasting your money on? Um, and then 
I think moved into car racing uh, but oval racing doing hot rods yeah because I think that's all there really was club level stuff back then and unless you had big money you went and done Formula Ford and yeah. things, which was kind of expensive I suppose yeah um, and then had my dad and then they were raced together on oval racing before I was born so hmm. yeah interesting okay the final question for you um, unless we end up nattering about other bits and pieces as we tend to do but how much of your success is about luck and right place right time and how much do you put down to pure hard work I'd say 90% of it is right place right time Um, like I say if I didn't meet my sponsor telling him about how much I hate racing Mm. it would never happen I was talking about this with my dad the other day without him I'd still be well I wouldn't be racing we don't think um, yeah, all the other sponsors that have come on board after that, uh, that is all hard work and flat out and getting them over the line and meetings. But that meeting, that one big one, that is all about luck. It's funny how um, sponsorship is such, I mean, that's what makes most sport makes go around, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. especially for drivers who aren't lucky enough to come from money, yeah. as so many of them are, which is obviously not the case in your, yeah. in your instance. You didn't come from money, you've had to work hard to get your own sponsors and, and build a reputation, a brand for yourself to deliver something to those sponsors and keep yeah. racing. So yeah. it's a tough old business. So presumably you're still looking for more sponsors now. Plug, yeah, plug, always. Plug, plug. <laughs> Give me money. Yeah. I want to go racing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just, yeah, you're up, up front honest about it pretty yeah. much. So, True though, isn't it? You've That's got what, to really. Yeah. Um, but, look, we laugh and joke about it, but in terms of companies, there's so much they can get out of it. Yeah. Mm. Whether it be showing their product off, at, especially touring cars, you know, it's 50,000 people there. Yeah. Uh, or it's just client entertainment or some people have sponsored me and they just enjoy just because they enjoy it. Yeah. They've got some cash, you know. But uh, a lot of the time it's just all business to business stuff and the hospitality and that's where deals are done to keep me racing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Um, Bobby, thank you so much. I'm glad we finally managed to get you get your yeah. podcast. Nice. We've been yeah. on your car for a few few races now, so yeah. it's nice to get you in. Yeah, thank you very much and we'll come me. and see you at a racetrack soon, and, and I'll see you on the stag do next weekend. Yeah, let's have it. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you a karting. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Cheers, Bobby. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of the Motor Mouth podcast. Thanks so much to Bobby as well for giving up his time. We'll be back with another episode very soon. We've lined up some cracking guests for you. But in the meantime, if you missed any of the first few episodes with racing driver and Fernando Alonso protege, Carl O'Keefe, uh, Emma Del Acta, Kelvin Fletcher, the first ever Top Gear Stig, Perry McCarthy, uh, and also our recent trip to Goodwood where we chatted to loads of drivers and got some pretty epic insights as well into a variety of different cars. Uh, you can listen to our Goodwood Highlights podcast. If you head over to uh, the MMTV tab on the Motormouth app or you can just go to our Motormouth YouTube page uh, you can see all of the fun we had as well uh, through video form loads of exclusive video content for you on there make sure you go and check it out like, subscribe and review uh, if you feel so inclined and follow us on social media as well on Twitter we're at Motormouth underscore on Instagram we're at Motormouth underscore official and on Facebook you just have to search Motormouth but from me Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie uh, we'll see you next time 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.